right, it is season two of the Draft Zone, episode two. We are doing Ozark today with myself, Connor Taylor, and Jacob Janowski. How have you been doing, Jacob? I've been good. I'm glad to be back on this podcast. I enjoy it a lot, so it's good to be back. Yeah, we've taken a a little bit of a break to to regroup and to give me a chance to, you know, I guess not force feed, watch a bunch of stuff, but I got back into Ozark a little bit over the past week and a half, and uh, we watched a couple of episodes I really like, and uh, I understand why it's so many people's like top shows they watch. I mean, you got into it a little bit later though, Jacob, right? You just yeah. recently watched it. I just recently watched Ozark. My mom, my mom and dad watched it, and I was like, "Oh, what's this about?" And she's like, "Money laundering and a drug cartel." I'm like okay, that seems interesting enough. So I decided to watch it. It took me a couple months to finish it, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, it was, I think season three kind of landed in that perfect spot with quarantine happening. So I feel like so many people watched it like right during like the beginning of March. I mean, it was like the perfect collision for a show. And I didn't get around to it probably till late June. I think after the first episode, uh, the first season of the draft zone ended up spending more time on just watching some other shows. And I finally got around to Ozark and I always wanted to, but I I never got to it. And it was one of those shows I was like, man, I I feel behind, but then I had, I had time. So I, so I did it and I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, I I am too. And it's like, whenever I wanted to click it before I started watching it in late June, early July, I was like, ah, this is a commitment. Yeah, and then I came back to it in July. I watched the first episode in June. A couple weeks later, I watched second one in July, and then uh, took like another few weeks off. Then I just kind of cranked it out slowly over over August and early October. So yeah, that's that's what I that's how I've watched Ozark. So you didn't binge it, which I I did not binge it. A lot of people probably binged it. Do you think you remember it better? Since you didn't binge it, or I would think so because you know you have to process all the information so quickly if you binge it. But yeah, I, since I didn't binge it, it probably took me. It's definitely a bingeable show, but I think it took me a little bit longer than most people watched it. I kind of took my time on it, tried not to binge it an extreme amount, didn't watch it in one week. I think it took me like two or three weeks. But I mean, there were some nights where I was like, "Man, it's it's really late," and they just left you on a cliffhanger and I was like I need I need to watch more and I ended up doing it because it was See, the summer I didn't find it that bingeable because there's just a lot of pressure that like it was like it's just a very intense show and I'm like I gotta be done for the night I I won't be able to go to sleep if I kept watching <laughs> so I you know I, I was very conservative with how I watched Ozark and I'm glad I did that because it took me two three months to watch it all and I'm not disappointed in it <laughs> another another show that this Ozark draws comparisons to it's just is breaking bad I mean a lot of I mean obvious correlations is there's a drugs and drugs cartel it's both uh, normal people in pretty weird scenarios I I mean a big difference is that we're slowly Marty starts out immediately in the drug cartel and it's we don't see a slow decline unlike breaking bad it's more of a slow decline of walter white into the the anti-hero in a way but yeah. if you had to pick one which one would you pick or like which one would you maybe recommend to other people to watch i think they're just two completely different shows like yes they both deal with drug dealing yes they both deal with not the cartel and different, but they're just different aspects. Like Marty doesn't do the drugs. Mm-hmm. He does the money laundering, but Walter does the, does the drugs. So I think that when it comes to uh, what I'd recommend, if you're looking for something to binge, I binge breaking bad. But if you're looking for something, something just spread out, it's Ozark. That's interesting to me. Cause I feel like I would, I, I think I binged Ozark faster and watched breaking bad more spread out so I guess we we had a little bit of a different viewing experience but I think they're both bingeable both easily you could spread them out I don't think there's a necessarily a bad way yeah to go about them but they do draw a lot of comparisons a lot of people compare them I agree they are different shows Marty is a completely different character than than Walter White but I think we can jump into some of our 
favorite episodes, favorite characters, least favorite characters, some good moments and bad moments. And we'll try to go in a general direction, like one through season three, and try not to jump around too much, but it'll be difficult at times when we start talking about characters jumping from season to season. But I think the pilot episode, Sugarwood, is in season one was very good. It set the tone. And honestly, that opening scene when Marty's, you know, basically it's an opening monologue with Marty and he's talking to two people about their finances. And at first, he's, you know, you're showing lots of shots of Ozark of the, of the future in the show. And it, it just had me hooked immediately. I was, I was in it. I was like, I need to watch the show. I'm in love with what he's saying right now. Scratch. Wampum. Dough, sugar, clams, loot, bills, bones, bread, bucks, money. That which separates the haves from the have-nots. But what is money? It's everything if you don't have it, right? Half of all American adults have more credit card debt than savings. 25% have no savings at all. And only 15% of the population is on track to fund even one year of retirement. Suggesting what? The middle class is evaporating or the American dream is dead? You wouldn't be sitting there listening to me if the latter were true. You see, I think most people just have a fundamentally flawed view of money. Is it simply an agreed upon unit of exchange for goods and services? 370 for a gallon of milk? 30 bucks to cut your grass? Or is it an intangible? security or happiness, peace of mind. Let me propose a third option. Money as a measuring device. You see, the hard reality is how much money we accumulate in life is not a function of who's president or the economy or bubbles bursting or bad breaks or bosses. It's about the American work ethic, the one that made us the greatest country on earth. It's about bucking the media's opinion as to what constitutes a good parent. Deciding to miss the ball game, the play, the concert, because you've resolved to work and invest in your family's future. And taking responsibility for the consequences of those actions. Patience, frugality, sacrifice. When you boil it down, what do those three things have in common? Those are choices. Money is not peace of mind. Money is not happiness. Money is, at its essence, that measure of a man's choices. I mean, there's not many shows that immediately hook me in the, the first two minutes. And this show had me hooked in the first two minutes. It was a good paced pilot. I mean, you, you know the premise immediately of the show. Like, it does everything a pilot should do. And it, it doesn't feel like it's just like feeding you information, though. It feels like you're learning stuff that you need to learn and it just gets the show rolling immediately. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think uh, Sugarwood, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not up there for me, but I understand where you're coming from. And when uh, Ruth Langmore stole their money, I think that's the episode, stole their money from the hotel and they brought it to the, uh, that bathroom in the middle of the woods or whatnot, what Marty, that set the tone for me when Marty was like, you know, you, the only thing you can ever use this money for is groceries and gas because you can't put more than $10,000 in one deposit without the FBI uh, looking into you. And like the way he set that, I'm like, okay, I, I dig this show. So that's kind of what hit it off for me. I mean, there's not a lot of shows that I dig mainly. Generally, I like for shows to, if it's like a show that goes week by week, I want the premiere to be a two or ep two or three episode premiere like night or day and then I can really get into it and then if it goes week by week but obviously this releases them all so you could get into them quicker but I think it's for me one of the faster shows I've I've gotten into a little bit but what are what are some big moments some big episodes that you've really liked I, I liked ruling days uh or the the, the portion when there's like three episodes like the time you know Marty wanted to invest in the church and then when he found out the Snells were uh, dealing heroin and then when uh, the pastor figured out 
that they were dealing heroin through his church. The Snells are drug dealers. Yeah, they're running heroin on the water every Sunday when you preach through hymnals that are passed to their dealers from your boat. They're farmers. They're poppy farmers. Their barns are drying houses for poppy gum. They don't want us building a church. They want you on the water every Sunday so they can distribute. Who told you this? You ever notice that your hymn books are two different colors? You ever wonder why that is? The blue ones are hollowed out. They're filled with heroin in heat-sealed bags. Oh, my God. Tell me you're going to stay on the water. Mason, hey. Grace? He will. So I think uh, that, that that was like one of my favorite parts because like, dang, he's getting involved in something mm-hmm. that they really don't shouldn't be involved with. So that's what I found uh, fascinating about that part of the show. I I really like, I'm not sure what episode it is, but when uh, the, the pastor is finding out, like he starts, he's kind of breaking down when he's preaching at one point and he's looking around his congregation out on the lake and he realizes you know, by, by the people's, how they look, that they're all there for drugs. Most of them are there for drugs. And, you know, for the longest time he was thinking he's preaching to uh, so-called godly people. You could put it like that. And then it turns out like his whole idealized view of what he's been doing is, is not true at all. But how do you, how do you like the snails, Jacob? They're, the snails are very interesting, very weird. There's a lot of things that happen with them. I mean, like going, I mean, eventually, obviously there's going to be spoilers, by the way, before I just, yeah, really, uh, <laughs> I hope everyone knows that. But so I, I would say, watch the show before you listen to this podcast. But I mean, Darlene at one point kills Jacob. I know that's later. I know we're jumping. I said we would go in order, but that was one of the craziest things I've, I mean, I expected it in a way, but Darlene's insane. Darlene is the most sinister person in the show. Like she, she, she'll just kill. Like it doesn't, she doesn't, it doesn't matter who. And then when uh, Jacob killed like their assistant, she's like, no. And Jacob was like, well, that's the thing we had to do to make it even. And it's, she, and she just, she's very selfish. And when she like started getting it into it with Wyatt, I just, uh, that was, I did not like that part of the story. <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't know if I want to talk about it because it was such I don't a want to weird. Talk. Let's not touch on that. Let's just let's. It's just a weird storyline. I I kind of bought it though. I was like, whatever, like it happens. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Darlene, in I think it yeah episode ten of the the first season. I think it's called the Toll. I mean, the Langmores are just taken to like a new level. I mean, we can assume that I believe maybe Darlene or Ash or maybe Jacob does the rips out the baby from Mason's uh, wife. Uh, uh-huh. I believe her name's Grace at some point. And yeah, Grace. that's, it's not seen obviously on screen, but it's, it's awful incident. And then they, she kills Del Rio impulsively. I mean, I like Del Rio a lot, Jacob. Did yeah, you like liked, Del Rio? Yes, I did like Del Rio. And like when uh, she's like, she called it, he called us rednecks. And uh, Marty was like, why would you do that? you know where you find more Mexicans, Mexico. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Only Marty Byrne can move to Missouri and somehow convince me to partner with a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I said only Marty Bird can somehow convince me to partner with a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> Darlene is insane, and I like Del Rio. He was reasonable. He's one of the only few reasonable characters in that show, I think. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big – I don't like the Snells. I think you're supposed to not like the Snells. Yeah, there's, just, there's no really redeeming qualities of the Snells. I mean, I Jacob came off more level-headed where you could kind of see some of his perspectives. But Darlene, a lot of times, I really don't understand their – perspectives and they're pretty straightforward simple characters with like what their motives are i mean they just like land they're pissed off that they were flooded at one point and 
honestly, that's probably one of the weaker storylines for me, just because it's like I don't understand. I mean, they're crazy, so I guess we'll give them that. But their their motives don't make a lot of sense to me because it's like they really don't seem like they have family, and I'm just kind of confused by like why they need so much land and to pass down this thing, and they she needs a baby and all these things, which yeah, it's just nuts. It, yeah, that that baby storyline was weird because I think she just wanted somebody who would come up in the business and just not really think it was wrong and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, I don't, the styles are weird. I don't, I don't really know how to describe them. Another crazy thing in this show is agent Petty. Yes. I mean, talk about some like bad FBI work. I mean, it gets the, off the chain. He gets, he gets like the job done, but not in any ethical world way whatsoever absolutely not he he's he's off his rocker he just he just does what he has to do in his mind like yeah let's point a gun at rachel and yeah that'll (laughs) work i mean it worked but that's not how you conduct business he's definitely part of the craziness of the show i i did not enjoy him whatsoever i mean what he did to people and how he his he's just so i i guess i would call it like tunnel vision where he's just so locked in on getting his job done about you know getting the navarro cartel that he literally will do anything for it he will mess up his previous relationships with his partner evans and completely go have fun with another dude just just to screw with him emotionally basically and i think that's beyond messed up to get it to get a job done yeah he he just does what he has to do like no matter what whether it's moral immoral he he does what he thinks he has to do i mean he he does work hard at his job but it's not honorable what he does no not not whatsoever but moving into some some later season two for me I guess I have a question for you. Like, what seasons you liked more? And you, for me, they kind of mushed together slightly yeah. more since I watched them. But yours might be a little bit more spaced out since you had a chance to watch over a longer period. I mean, they still kind of mushed together. Yeah. But to me, season two is probably the weakest. Yeah, I, I guess it's the weakest. It's not bad by any, any means. It's just, uh, I don't know. It. it they're all good to me. They all mesh together. I don't really look at them as seasons. I kind of just watched one after the other. I wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. season two's over. Let's take a break. No, I just kept going. Yeah. So I don't – and the story is very uh, coherent throughout the whole time. So it's – they all mesh together. I don't, I don't have a least favorite season, I don't think. Yeah, they, they do all mesh together. I, I just think overall season one, I really enjoyed. Season two is kind of a lull. And then season three just is like – craziness after craziness and then eventually we can get to that that cliffhanger at the end but i mean season season two to me is just kind of like i could not go without it but i think i don't like as many episodes in it compared to other episodes yeah i guess but i don't know i don't i don't really have a problem with how they conduct things on the show i mean it's all good is like there's nothing that there's no one thing that's bad in this show in my opinion so it's not like season two isn't an issue for me gotcha one thing that happens in season two towards the end is uh wendy kind of becomes less of just the wife she becomes more involved in the their circumstances and the cartel and the dealings and i mean she ultimately makes them end up staying I mean, Marty wanted to leave at the end of season two as the, the Gold Coast episode. He was ready to leave, and then Wendy ends up killing Ruth's father, who gets him killed, and does a bunch of other stuff to end up locking them down in the Ozarks. And, I mean, are you – if you had to pick a side, Jacob, Wendy or Marty, who'd you pick? Marty, no question. Wendy just wants to expand this empire that she has no control over uh, just so she can – do stuff marty just wants to get the job done and get out of there and i don't blame him he's in an awful situation i don't want to get out of there too so i i would i'm definitely on marty's side on this part yeah i wendy's actually probably one of my least liked characters overall in the show i mean not completely 
but she just does some things where it's just like power grab after power grab. And there's situations where she gets them in deeper, where I think Marty sometimes gets them in deeper, but it's kind of like consequences to decisions he made to save the family. Sometimes Wendy makes decisions that aren't to save the family. They're to like boost her ego almost. And I, I just really don't like her but do you have any favorite episodes from season two uh not nothing that comes to mind right away um i don't know i'm looking through the the list right now um yeah i don't really have a favorite episode for season two it's all good stuff to me season three obviously is the most recent season that came out and we talked about earlier how it came out during a very good moment for itself i mean nothing else is really to watch on tv i know we watched it a little bit later than i feel like a lot of people did when they dove into Ozarks finally. But season three is nuts to me. I mean, there's tons of things that happen in it from the beginning that you kind of forget towards the end of season three. But how'd you like Ben overall? I liked... Great character. Mm -hmm. Fantastic character. I forget who plays Ben. Let me take a look. We're talking about characters. Tom Pelfrey did Mm -hmm. an outstanding job. I could not have asked. He was incredible. I can't. I I have nothing but high uh, praise for how he did. Just the way he slowly went insane after he got off his medication. That he sold he sold me on it. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was one of the best kind of one season characters we've had on like any show, and especially on Ozark. I mean, like he felt like he was there, like through all the seasons, honestly. And you, I just bought into his character immediately. And just like the take on like bipolar disorder and like mental illness was, I thought, handled very well. And I mean, his, his slow decline is definitely uh, something that I thought they, they did amazingly. And I mean, you can kind of sympathize with the guy a lot throughout the show because he's, he's right definitely with how he views it but he just doesn't fully understand like the the social structure of why he can't do the things he's doing yeah he doesn't understand the implications of what happens if he does certain things Mm -hmm. and that's why you know he had to get killed yeah which out of wendy's moves i think that it's obviously a very difficult move to make but it it made sense for wendy to have to make that move out of the move she's made in the show yeah, I'd have to say so. Like when she said, "I was when I was watching the episode, like he, they were talking about his future," and she's like, "I'm gonna, I need to get, uh, go to the bathroom or something." When she got up, I'm like, "She's leaving him. I know it." And boom, he got, he got, got. So yeah, yeah. That was that was a very sad episode. It was. For it me. was very sad because I really liked Ben. I was hoping he would make it. Obviously, he made mistakes where. When you're dealing with the drug cartel, you're you're gonna have to be cut off. And he he made those mistakes and he had to be cut off from the show. And I mean in the show you had to be killed. And it's just it's sad. And I thought Wendy made a good decision. It was it was sad just leading up to him. I mean, she asked him like where he saw himself in five years, even though she knew he was gonna leave him. I mean, it's kind of heartless in a way, but it it also brings him comfort in that moment that he's buying into thinking that she's going to keep him going. But yeah. So yeah, that, that was kind of, that was really brutal. That was really probably the most brutal moment in the show, in my opinion. Yeah. It was, it was very difficult for, for me to watch. Cause I, I really enjoyed Ben overall, mm-hmm. but the last episode, I mean, Helen, I loved Helen. Oh, I, she 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 didn't take any BS. I I gotta give it to her. She she did her job well. She did what she had to do. I mean, yeah, I like Helen too. She's a savage. I I mean like I like her way more than Wendy overall. Yeah. And she's so it was. I had the the you know at the end he ends up getting Helen ends up getting shot by Nelson, and. I had to rewind it like a couple of times because I was just like, so like shocked by it. I really did not see that coming whatsoever. I kind of saw it coming. I mean, when, uh, when they got out the car, you see Nelson come out the back of the car 
And when he walked behind her, like the way the camera moved, I was like, oh, he's going to shoot her. And then pop, she's gone. And then when uh, Navarro hugged both Wendy and Marty, we're going to have a great partnership together. And I just went, what? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Welcome. Thank you for coming. I, I hope you had a pleasant journey. Yeah, it was, it's an insane moment because he's showing like his power and aggressiveness, but then he's also kind of comforting them in a way and showing, you know, that, that he likes them. And it's just nuts. And you can tell that they're, they're frightened in that moment. I mean, I think anyone in that moment would definitely be mm -hmm. frightened. Definitely. So before we talk a little bit, maybe possibly about what we think season four would be like, what we want to see. Let me name off some characters for you, Jacob, and tell me if you're in or out on them, if you like them or not. Just in or out and maybe a brief thing on them. Okay. Uh, Ruth. In. She's the smartest character on the show, I think. She's very, very smart, very intelligent. She knows what she's doing. She's also a savage, so I got I to gotta love her. She's great. She's one of my favorites. These are two people, but I'm going to combine them because they have a relationship in a way, not a... Uh, that kind of relationship, but a friendship relationship, uh, Buddy and Jonah. Uh, I, I I ship them both. They're great. Um, I I think Buddy is Buddy was probably my favorite character. You know, he he played a pretty important role in mm -hmm. uh, when he burnt down the field, Darlene's field. So he kind of saved them. Um, I'd and he, say. So, and he yeah, killed I Garcia liked, that one time. Yeah, he did kill Garcia. Saved the family. So you know, if without Buddy, we wouldn't have the family. Uh, Jonah, I like Jonah's all right. I don't, I don't mind him. He's just kind of there for me. Gotcha. Wyatt Langmore. Uh, he's. I don't hate him or I don't love him. He's just kind of there for me, honestly. I mean, he's important to the story. He brings a good element, but I'm not. I not. I'm not like. Oh, I love Wyatt or I hate him. He's just there. <laughs> uh, the owner of the blue cat, Rachel. Rachel. Um, he needs. She needs some help. Um. I wasn't a big fan of her. Uh, she was obviously a snitch, and she didn't uh, get caught by Marty. Well, she Marty kind of caught on, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't ship Rachel. I'm not a big fan of Rachel. All right, Bruce's father, Cade Langmore. <laughs> Cade, what a guy. Um, he's he's nuts. Mm -hmm. that's, all, that's all I can say. Uh, yeah, he, he had a, he added a good element to the story. So I like Kate Lang. I like Kate. Yeah, I like Kate. All right, we've got three more. Maya Miller for the FBI. I personally really like her. Oh, the pregnant woman? Yes. She She's okay. Um, she's a good character. I think you're not supposed to like her. She's kind of condescending, kind of a smart aleck, but she's all right. I'm not, I'm not with her or against her. All right, Charlotte Bird. Eh, I don't like her. Yeah, I'm not a fan. She doesn't add anything to the story. Mm -hmm. Like, what, yeah. what, what did her getting emancipated add to the story? Nothing. Yeah, it was kind of filler in a way. Yeah, so I'm not, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Charlotte. All right, final one, Pastor Mason Young. Oh, he, he's off the rails. Um, <laughs> I'm not against Mason. I'm not for him, but but they did what they had to do to Mason. Well, he didn't mean to kill Mason, but you know, it's it happened. He, yeah, he he needs help. Uh, the Lord's yeah. not helping him, so <laughs> he needs to figure something else out to supplement the Lord. Yeah. Well, I there's definitely a lot of characters that are likable, a lot of characters that aren't likable in this show. But I I think that's one of the good thing about Ozark is that. There are characters that you are attached to throughout throughout the show for sure, but season four, I mean, are you are you excited for? It? I don't I don't think it has like an official time frame when it'll be released, especially because of coronavirus yeah. and that halting 
uh, production of a lot of shows. So probably later than initially suspected. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I, I like I like the prospect of season four a lot. It's it's exciting. I don't know what's gonna happen. They kind of left it on a cliffhanger, so I can't really say what's going to happen. But it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, and then I, I think an interesting thing is that Ruth is kind of joining powers with Darlene and Wyatt, and I guess the Langmores area, and she could be pitted against the birds, which I think Ruth versus Marty will be could be a very interesting storyline if that happens. Yeah, that could be interesting. I don't want to speculate, but it'll be fun. I think it's it'll be it'll be a chess match. I'll say. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing hopefully more of Navarro. I mean, we finally saw him a little bit more in the end of season three and they're talking to Wendy more and whatnot. And I, I'm just excited to learn more about him as we, as we end this, this show Ozark. It'll be coming out two parts, I believe 14 season total. So I'm assuming a seven part one and a seven episode part two. Yeah. I think that's what it is, but yeah, it's exciting. So I can't, I can't wait. Now for the new segment, two truths, and a lie. Our, our first contestant, Christian Allison, scored a one out of three on the Rick and Morty episode one of season two of the Draft Zone. He he didn't do too well. I mean, he got a point on the board, but I think I feel like a two out of three is pretty respectable. Uh, one out of three is not what you want. You definitely don't want a zero out of three. No, I don't. And then, but a, a three out of three would be would be great. But how how do you think you're gonna you're gonna fare in this Jacob? I think I'll do pretty good. I mean, I re- I remember for as long as I can. I've always remembered good, uh, tons of movie quotes, tons of show quotes. Like I have a pretty good memory when it comes to television, so I think I'll do okay. All righty. Well, the first round is episode titles, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Got Book of Ruth, Inner Darkness, and then Civil Union. Inner Darkness is not a title. Is he right? You are correct. That was quick, Jacob. That was really quick. The The title is Outer Darkness, actually. The next section is quotes. It's, they're all quotes by Marty. This section okay. is a little bit more difficult because one of the quotes is just manipulated in a way. So it's kind of like a half-truth, half-lie. Okay. It makes things a little bit more difficult. But here we go. First quote is, we're not husband and wife anymore. We're just business partners. And our job is to be a family. Quote number two, the satisfying sound of your lover smacking the pavement is the only thing that gets me to sleep. Quote number three, hypothetically, scale of one to 10, how difficult would it be for someone to disappear? And I can reread any of them. Okay, the first one's not right. First one's not right. Is he right? He is right. There you go, yes. Jacob. Two, <laughs> two for two. You're 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 doing you're doing really well. What what made you think the first one wasn't right? Because I remember that quote. I don't remember exactly, but it, um, it was what was the quote exactly? Do you have it's, it? It's so I changed the last part, and it's uh, I said, and our job is to be a family, and it's actually, and our job is to raise those kids. So it's slightly manipulated, and you were able to two for two. I mean, are you feeling good? Could you, could you get a full sweep here? I think I could. I think I could. All right. Well, got random facts up just about the show. So let, let's see how you do here. So random one of these facts will be false. Yes. One of them is going to be false. Fact number one, Jason Bateman wasn't originally supposed to act in Ozark, just direct the show. Random fact number two. The show is filmed in Atlanta. Random fact number three, Jason Bateman only wears Nikes like in all of his shows. I can reread any of them or say them again. Uh, I'm not feeling the speed. Can you read them again? Yeah. Uh, Random fact number one is Jason Bateman wasn't originally supposed to act in Ozark, just direct. Random fact number two, the show is filmed in Atlanta. And then random fact number three, Jason Bateman only wears Nikes like in all of his shows. In, in all of his shows. That last one's false. Did I get it right? It is, but it's, it's sort of true in a way. He, he wears New Balances in all uh-huh. of his 
in all this stuff. So he always wears New Balances, not Nikes. Is the only thing that's really changed there. Well, Jacob, I got the sweep. You got the sweep somehow. <laughs> so that was that was something. I mean, I'm a little I'm a little shocked. Not gonna lie, that you're able to pull off pull off the sweep. So we'll we'll have to see if there's any more sweeps this season. I mean, we've got some future episodes like Trailer Park Boys and Lord of the Rings and some contestants that I think are pretty smart in those areas. So it'll be interesting to see if you're the only sweep this season. I hope so. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. Well, that was two truths and a lie. And Jacob is our first perfect scorer. So now we can move towards this section that the draft zone is named after. Uh, the drafting section of the podcast today. We're doing a basketball draft for Ozark. And I don't think a lot of these people would be too great at basketball, if I'm honest. But here we are. Anyways, we're going to draft five players and a coach. And, Jacob, you're going to go first, as the guest always goes first. And we'll just go back and forth. Uh, The only stipulation is uh, we cannot have these same players. So, all right, let's Uh, let's see our teams here. What's that uh, number one pick for you? All right, number one pick for me is it's got to be Nelson. He goes out there, he does what he's told. I think I think it's a no brainer. Nelson goes out there, does what he's told, does it well, and just gets the job done. So I'm going Nelson. Wow, that is very disappointing for me because he was number one on my draft board and (laughs) i mean wow i i was hoping you wouldn't think of him out i was pretty confident in that pick i mean i I agree he's listens to his orders he's he comes off as pretty athletic to me overall i mean a physical guy i think he would be a team player and he would make the right place i was i was thinking him as well so it's a good pick by you but for for my first pick I have to throw things a little bit different now, but I think I'm going to go Ash, actually. And I know it's an interesting pick, but I think he's one of the larger people on the show. I think he's going to be my center. He's going to be a good post present. I mean, he's pretty tall. Overall, he looks very tall. He's bigger bodied, comes off humble, a little bit quiet. But I think he's willing to get the job done. I think he'll be scrappy, willing to do work that other people aren't. And I think I just really need a post presence in this game because I'm not sure how good the shooting's going to be overall. And I think he's going to get a lot of rebounds and just scare people off from, mm-hmm. from driving into the lane. All right. So for my pick, next pick, I need a big man too. So I'm, I'm going Charles Wilkes. Big guy, fills up the lane. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with Charles Wilkes. So Charles Wilkes is my next pick. I like it, Jacob. Did you, did you like Charles Wilkes I like overall Charles Wilkes. on the show? I mean, he's, he was Wendy's tool, <laughs> so I, he had no self-confidence in himself, but I, I liked Wilkes, I guess. Yeah, I, I liked him overall. I don't think he was one of my like favorite characters by any means, but he was, he was a pretty good character overall. I think that's a – it would be an interesting matchup to see Ash and Charles go up against each other. So my next pick, I think my – be a little bit out there. Again, Ash was already kind of out there. I mean, he, he snagged Nelson away from me. But I think we're going to actually go Ben. And the reason I'm going Ben is because I think he's strong overall. I think he he looks very athletic. I think he's going to be quick, scrappy, aggressive for sure. He looks long and athletic. And I think he'll put anything on the line for this team. I mean, he might make, make some mistakes and get down on himself, but he's going to play with emotion. And, it's, and he's going to leave it all out there on the court for this team. And, I mean, he'll be a character for sure. And the coach will have to be able to rein him in and, you know, lead him well. But I, I just think overall defensively he's got heart. And I want, I want a player on my team that's, that's got a lot of heart. And I think Ben's got tons of heart. Definitely. Okay, so for my next pick, I'm choosing Agent Petty. He's tall. He's like lanky. He, he seems fairly athletic, so I think he's a good two-guard. So I, I'm picking Agent Petty. He gets his job done no matter what he has to do. So I, that's why I'm going Agent Petty. So I like that pick as well because when I, I was looking through the, the list of characters, at Agent Petty, I think one of the things you point out is that he's willing to do anything to get the job done. And that's kind of why I thought he, he would be a good pick because, I mean, He's willing to go to any length 
to win at something. I think he's highly competitive. And, I mean, some teammates might not like him sometimes because I feel like he could come off manipulative. But I think he's going to be a good player for your team and be able to to play really well and play offensively really well. And he is, he does come off as, as a pretty athletic person overall in the, in the show. But for my, my third pick now, I don't like this character very much. His name is uh, Frank Cosgrove Jr. That was going to be one of my picks, (laughs) but Frank Jr. Is, one of the younger people in Ozark. And he's not too young like a Jonah where he wouldn't be able to handle himself. And he's out there. He's a little crazy. But I think overall just the young athleticism is going to help my team. I mean, the one thing that worries me about him is is possibly his ego. I think he could take some shots that he that he shouldn't take overall and will want more playing time in the ball too much. Might be a little bit of a ball hog. But I think he's going to be someone – I mean, he's nowhere near like a Damian Lillard, but like he's going to have the ego and the confidence to take a shot in a game where the, his team needs him to take a shot and be there, and I think he'll do that for my team. But okay, we, I like, I like the, your thought process on that, but I'm going to take Asian Evans. Uh, seems like an athletic dude. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I, I mean – He's, he has some height to him, so we're, we're, we're like trees here, over here. So I'm taking uh, Agent uh, Evans. And obviously Agent Petty and Agent Evans have chemistry. Chemistry. So do you think they're going to be a very dynamic duo for your team? They could, potentially. Depends if they can get the beef out of the way, which I, I believe they can. So, yeah, uh, give me Agent Evans. What's your pick? Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll probably have – some beef back and forth, but I mean, I don't think beef is always the the worst thing to happen on a team when, when you're playing together, but I think that will be, will be interesting to see how, how they do since they do have chemistry. So I've got Ashbin and Frank Jr. And this is, this is when it gets a little bit more difficult for me, but we didn't see much of this character. I mean, he didn't survive. I mean, he ended up getting shot by Darlene, but Camino Del Rio is going to be my my fourth pick. Mm-hmm. I mean he he was he was one of my favorite characters overall from the show, and I know he wasn't around there long, but he I think one of my favorite things from him is that he he went fishing for the truth in that first episode. He didn't really know, but he, he kind of had like a glimmer of 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 hope and and some some thought that something was there and something was wrong. Someone was stealing from him and then he figured it out. And I, and I just love that from his character. He seems very smart, very genuine. I also don't think he'll back down from a fight because when he called the snails rednecks, he, he knew that offended them and they, he, he, he openly was willing to repeat it. He didn't, he did not care. Ended up getting killed, maybe a mistake. But I think he's he's willing to to fight anyone. I don't think he cares. I mean, I think he's going at anyone, no matter what. Definitely. Okay. So for my final pick, I'm choosing Sheriff Nix. Uh, he's coachable. I mean, clearly. I mean, he does what he has to get done with the Snell. So I would expect uh, the same on my team. So I'm taking uh, Sheriff Nix. I like it. And Sher- Sheriff Nix is. He does what he has to do. I mean, obviously he has some debt. We haven't found out, and I'm not sure if we will find out what what debt he has to pay the the snails. But I mean, I, I like your team. You got Nelson, I think he's really good. Charles Wilkes will be a good center. Agent Petty, Agent Evans obviously got chemistry. And then, you know, Sheriff Nix might be able to bond a little bit with Petty and Evans because they've they've worked together overall. So I think you've got a dynamic duo for and AJ Evans and Petty and the Knicks is going to be able to be a good teammate as well. Yeah. All right. What's your final pick? So I've got Ash, Ben, Frank Jr., Camino, Del Rio. And I think I want to go with the leader. He might not be the most athletic person out there, but I think he's calm and collected overall. And that's why I'm going with Jacob Snell. He is – my team needs a leader. I don't think Ash is a leader. I definitely don't think Ben is. Frank Jr., Camino Del Rio could be a leader, 
But I think I want him not to always play in that leader role. I want him to be more aggressive. And I just think Jacob Snell is going to be a playmaker for my team. Maybe like a Rondo, how we saw in the NBA playoffs this year. And he's going to make the right play. He's, he's going to use his brain. He's not going to be the most athletic, the, the quickest out there on the court. But he's going to keep this team united and make them a smart basketball team. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think he'll just get his, go out there and do his duties and not do anything else. So, yeah. so we're choosing coaches, right? Yes, coaches now. So you've got a, you got to find a coach that's able to you know bond this team together in a way and you know make good play calls for them and draw up plays. All right, I'm doing Frank Cosgrove, the the leader of the Kansas City Mob, because first off, the dude already runs a mob. He already runs a team. He knows what he's doing there. They seem pretty successful doing it. So why not choose Frank Cosgrove? Does seem pretty successful. I think that's a that's a great pick. I honestly overlooked him for my for my coach, but I think he is going to be a very a very good smart coach for your for your team. And I had I had two options actually for my coach, and I I'm kind of going back on my first option. So my first option I had Marty, and I had Wendy next. And I think Barney overall is just smart. He understands situations. He might be a little bit of an analytics coach with his background in accounting. But Wendy, I think, understands people a little bit more. And I think she would do anything to win, which, I mean, she's power hungry. And she might make mistakes, but she's always out there to get the deal done. And maybe she fits more of a GM role. I know we're not picking GMs, but I think that's probably why I'm going to end up leaning Marty because – Wendy, I think, would be a really good GM. I mean, she was willing to let go of Ben for, like, her family's sake. I know you got to kind of choose the family over, you know, sadly, her brother Ben. But I think she she would be willing to trade people away for the better man of the team. But I'm not sure how great a coach. I think she'd be a good GM. So, I think, you know, I'll, I'll stay with Marty because he's smart, analytical, and I think – He's going to be able to drop really good plays out of out of timeouts and make the right substitutions. He'll think analytically. Um, I'm just going to compare him to Brad Stevens. That's that's my comparison. I think he's going to be a really good coach. But from your team, Jacob, you've got Nelson, Charles Wilkes, Agent Petty, and Agent Evans, and then Sheriff Nix. Who do you think is going to be, I guess, a little bit, maybe possibly like an underrated player on your team that some people don't believe will do well, but actually is very valuable to your to your lineup? I, I don't think I have one of those players. I think they're all quite valuable to my lineup. The Sheriff Nix, coachable. Nelson gets his job done. Charles Wilkes, he's, he's, he'll be the coach's tool like he was Wendy, so he'll do his job. Agent Petty and Agent Evans, they – well, I guess I think Agent Evans will probably be the the one holding everybody back because he's try he tries to hold uh, his agents back and <laughs> kind of impedes upon the investigation. So I think Agent Evans is the only downfall of this team. Mm. Who who's the MVP of your team? Nelson, no question. Nelson? I think he he's just that good. I wanted him first as well. I think he's going to be great overall. I think an underrated player on my team. It would probably be Ash or Jacob Snell because I don't think you're thinking that they'll they'll do well for your team. But I think, you know, mentally they'll be in the game. They will won't necessarily always show up on a box score. I think Ash will because he'll get a bunch of rebounds. And then Snell to me is more of the assist guy. So I guess they'll show up in some box scores. But I don't think they will be huge on the points. But I think they're just going to be there mentally and uh, physical leaders for this team. But MVP, I think I'll give it – to Frank Jr. Actually, I think he's going to shoot a lot, maybe too much at times, but he, he's going to find he's going to find the basket and be able to score a lot where where Ben I thought at first would be my my MVP, but at this time I just think Frank Jr. is overall going to be the MVP. Yeah. So, I think we've got two solid teams. Yeah. Yeah, that was two good teams there out of the Ozark basketball draft. This was fun, Jacob. Season two is finally back. So, of the draft zone, we're we're finally here we're after here. after the long break. Yeah, we're but, gonna be doing Breaking Bad at some point, right? Yeah, Breaking Bad, some other cool stuff. I haven't I haven't figured out all the episodes so far. I've only got four planned, and they're 
they're coming out in, in December. So we're, we're recording this at the end of October. So he's still got a little bit, but we're, we're making it slow reprival to yeah. the, the draft zone season two. But I think this will be, will be a fun season. And I mean, I, I'm proud of you, Jacob. Three for three, two truths and a lie. I know it, it was tough. I'm not going to lie, but I got yeah. through it. So other, other contestants obviously have been Christian Allison and we'll have future contestants, but is, is there anyone on the U92 staff that you think could, could pull off a, a three for three? Not necessarily knowing what show or, or movie they do, but is there anyone you, you'd be scared to be able to compete with your score? Aaron Adams. I think when he's on the sports page, he just remembers all these stats and stuff. Uh, I think I think he's one of the only, very few people who present a threat to my uh, to my reign. So I that's the only thing I can think of. But if he's not coming on a show, I'm not too concerned. But hey, <laughs> if, if they love a show and they love it enough and they get the sweep, good on them. Good yeah. On them. If you had advice for future contestants of three for or for two truths and a lie, I mean even for Christian Allison, I mean he he only got one right. I mean what what advice would you give? Is there is there advice you can get, or is that just pure talent? It's just raw talent. If if you if you're good at memorizing stuff from shows, that's 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 on you. Like me, I knew all that stuff. I wa- I watched an interview with Jason Bateman, and he said something about his shoes. He said something about Ozark. See, I remember all this stuff. I know. Yeah. So, so you just you got to come prepared, like Jacob got a good come memory. Prepared. Come prepared. But, yeah. This this was fun as always, Jacob, and we we'll definitely see you later on in this this season for Breaking Bad and possibly some other shows slash. Yes movies yes yes. that's gonna wrap it up thanks for coming on and thank you for listening this has been the draft zone season two episode two ozark